Hello, it's Mick and Lucy here from the popular tattoo podcast, How Much for a Sleeve. We've got an exciting new sponsor, Dan Selfmade, who's sponsoring this episode. Lucy, tell us a little bit more about Dan Selfmade. Well, Mick, are you even a tattooist? If no. you don't know who... <laughs> I'm glad you're not. I've seen your drawings. Nasty. But only real tattooists know who Dan Selfmade is, and only exceptional tattooists use Dan Selfmade tattoo machines. And now we are lucky enough to be able to offer you 10% of your next Dan Selfmade purchase. So if you go to dsmtattoo.myshopify.com and enter sleeve 10 at the checkout, you'll receive 10% off your order. 10% off your order. So thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for sponsoring. This episode of How Much for a Sleeve is sponsored by DSM Tattoo Machines. How much for a sleeve? Hello, you are listening to How Much for a Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing hosted by an actual tattooist. Lau Hardy. And an absolute knob, Mick Tickner. We've got a special guest with us. G-Man's we here. Have? G-Funk. Hello. G-Doom. G, that's a long beard. <laughs> Grant is here. Jesus. He's, me- <laughs> He's mentioned on the pod more than anyone else, I think. Yeah, my Lucy's- bow. Lucy's bow and mentor. And mentor. I, I try. Know. I do try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm the trying one how you doing i'm good thank you good oh, well good. welcome to how much for a sleeve your your virginal appearance welcome yeah, yeah. Thank, you, thank you for having me on you're, i think that's you're... just because i'm with lucy really but... <laughs> the reason grant's here for this is because um he's been tattooing my back this afternoon we've just had three hours of hell yeah yeah what have you what have you done so I've got like an enormous skull that covers my whole back and then at the bottom of that there are a few roses yeah and Grant outlined it and shaded some of it about three years ago and then um, haven't done anything since because it was awful um, <laughs> but <laughs> when I've been like tattooing my legs the last few weeks I've been trying out a numbing cream and it's worked really well so we whacked that on and it was a dream for most of it but with me, as soon as you start tattooing, it wears off and then it's fucking awful. Is it more painful when it wears off than it would be anyway? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Why yeah, is that? Definitely. That seems unfair. I think, I don't, I don't even know. It's got something in it to do with nerve receptors and I don't know, but like right now. So he went from, he did maybe like a third of my back because he works so quick at the top and that is burning like fuck. And then he jumped down the bottom and did um, a rose that's on my bum cheek and that I'm that I'm perched on my chair because that's so uncomfortable <laughs> right now and I'm like my legs are shivering and yeah it's been miserable I don't know why it hurts more but even on the ad it says like on the box it says um it will hurt five times more afterwards and I agree I concur I don't know if it's something to do with um be, if you don't use numb and cream your body gets used to it yeah mm. over the hours yeah right it has its natural self-defense yeah I think after an hour of numbing cream and it wears off your body's just like what the hell's going on mm. yeah. i've had enough of this nope yeah <laughs> yeah and Lu- that's Lu- it. lucy's told me that several times today <laughs> nope yeah. don't go there no, don't go there no. yeah. well, we're done then <laughs> <That's it. laughs> why do you hate me stop 
And there was something else uh, interesting is that the machine you used, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, this is very exciting. So the wonderful, amazing, kind and generous Dan Selfmade sent me his brand spanking new collaboration with Rotary Works. Um, so he sent that to me this week and it's not available yet. It's He's done a pre-sale which sold out. He's doing another pre-sale next week. Um, and then I think he said it's going to be generally available towards the end of April. But yeah, so I'm like the first person to even see it. He's not even released a photo. And um, and yeah, so kind and generous of him to send it to me. So I've tried it out on a couple of little things on my leg. And then we're chatting to him next week for an interview that's going to come out in like June. So I'm going to do a bigger piece, big piece on my leg before then. <laughs> um, but I just wanted Grant to try it out because Grant does like a completely different style. Grant does lots of realism and my skull is like black and grey. So mm -hmm. we just wanted to see really. And yeah, I mean, it's lush. It's beautiful. And I'm like, you know, my hands are shit and I normally like an aluminium frame, but this one isn't. And it's it's actually not too bad at all. It's not too heavy. But he said he is bringing out some aluminium ones, which is very exciting as well. Um, what did you think, Karani? It is a really, really nice machine. Very, very well made. He's put a lot of time and effort into it. You can see that. Yeah. But work-wise, for, for black and grey shading, I'd really recommend it. It puts it in really nice, nice and smooth. Yeah, and it looks smooth on my back. And Grant's yeah. like, we spoke about this before, Grant buys new machines all the time and has gone through loads yep. and been tattooing for 45 years or something like that. <laughs> yeah, coming up to, yeah, come up to 85, I believe. 85, yeah, 85 like years. Yeah. Uh, Grant is George Burchett, that's, uh, that's him. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's quite yeah. great. So if yeah, Grant messed, likes around, him. messed around with the voltage and, and stuff like that on it, just to see the difference, but... I ran it at about six volt for anyone out there who, who has pre-ordered one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, really, really good machine. Yeah. And it's Excellent. it's really attractive as well. If you could fancy a tattoo machine, then, you know, it, I'd be, it'd be in with a chance for it's me. Sleek lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a little motor. <laughs> Tied a little motor on the back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah good. thank you dan that you know i just i'm overwhelmed that you sent it to me and um just so lovely and it's it's so it's you know it's a bit scary for me because i'm such a rotary works person well so obviously it is rotary works but it was just it's so different from the triple con rod that i use because that's so hard hitting and grant said i bet dale loves it because he hates the triple con rod and this is so different from it it's just a lot smoother and more gentle to the skin so uh, but yeah it's great you know I think everyone that's bought one is going to love it and everyone should try it out but everything you know I've heard such great things about Dan Dan's machines and I don't think anyone would be disappointed yeah we're looking forward to chatting to him next week yes yes so that's be great. exciting yeah awesome so on to our episode Tanya Buxton interesting wasn't it yeah I learned so much yeah her. she was so good all that all that stuff talking about tattooing over scars that you felt that you were pretty hot on before because yeah. you've done it and you've spoken to people and then you go and just learn it's not just learn there was whole words she was saying that you'd never heard of and yeah and you know I think we were through most of it both of us were like 
mouth open oh wow you you're you're not just the bollocks at what you do but you do it for the the rightest reasons you could think of yeah totally yeah she's just so um she's so uh <laughs> i mean it's going to make the intro quite long isn't it where i can't think of me words yeah but she's so you... passionate yeah um she's so passionate about about the whole about the whole thing and you know the cause and how she helps people and she's yeah. amazing she just was so lovely and neither of us had met her before or spoken to her before and it felt like we just known her forever didn't it yeah and she's done a couple of other she's had a couple of other exciting things happen since we spoke to her so she's launched the mastectomy tattooing alliance yep. which is a, a charity and um, that helps people uh, get in touch with the right tattooist for their requirement um and yeah, just head on over to her profile and there's so much info on there. Just, yeah, and there's, yeah. there's another bit that is very important to her is this the, the Celebrated Not Censored campaign that she's involved in, which is where algorithms on social media remove the areola tattoos because they think they might be explicit, um, even though it says in the message and you know, the stickers over the top of the image that say it's not, but yet it still get taken down. But you can be you can be be a sexy thin woman on on there and just get away with it because the algorithm's fine with that for whatever reason so i think that's something interesting something that i'd never understood really until we spoke to her about how how weird that is yeah that's it and there's a petition that she started um to try and assist in the right censorship yeah um so if anyone gets a chance it's on the links on her profile so pop on there and give it a little give it a little sign yeah and just before we get into it there's a bit quite near the end where we're talking about words that only women are described by and i couldn't think of one and <laughs> just went off on one for ages and i was talking about stand-up comedians and it was the word bubbly so if bubbly. if a a female comic is I don't know, over a size eight, they are always described as bubbly, but you'll never get a bloke described as bubbly. So it's when I'm scrabbling around for my words, bubbly is the word I was looking for. Bubbly. So, um, also, am I bubbly? No, you're funny. <laughs> and that's, Aww, that's what I don't understand. I, that's... I feel so bad for bullying you now. You've given oh, me no. a compliment. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like the, com comedian, Male comedians are just called funny man. Yeah. Women are bubbly or feisty or whatever and it's, it's just fucking yeah. it's just bullshit it's just funny just some men don't like it when women tell funnier jokes than them and then they write bad reviews about them or uh, yeah please don't write reviews now that mick says i'm funny if anyone else thinks that please don't give us a bad review <laughs> continue to give us a five-star review on itunes please yes <laughs> you're those and also we have some interesting news because yes we're starting a patreon and if you don't know what patreon is it's a little a website where you can just chuck us a few quid if you like what we're doing there are perks to it so there's different tiers so they start at three pounds a month which is 75p a week and it's just like a general support if you like what we're doing and it keeps the podcast going because when we started it we didn't know that people were going to like it and say nice things and since then we've had to buy licenses for things we've had to buy new equipment because it sounded so shit when we started and you know it's little things like that so it's it's just a little a little thumbs up from you to say we like what you do and here's a couple of quid put it towards the the podcast it doesn't go into our pockets because we there won't be enough of you that will ever make us any money from it but it goes <laughs> to paying off the, the 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 licenses and things like that and it, it, it is the easiest way for you to support us if you like what we're doing a lot of people haven't had the income 
but that's not just tattooing it's everywhere so if you can't afford it don't worry keep sharing it keep liking it tell your mates that that means the world to us as well that's it and it's it's um actually i mean mick said you know we've had to buy stuff we haven't mick has because i haven't got a job yeah um so but help it's all... me repay mick <laughs> yeah and it's i mean like that it would really help us but you know the the more people that listen to it the better so keep sharing yeah, it yeah. keep 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 liking it and doing and, and thank you for everyone who's done something on instagram to say you know sent us a message to say we love it and that that is yeah it's the holy grail is it of, of anything that you do that we we made this with you know the idea of just having a bit of a laugh and other people liking it it's just it's amazing in it yeah and every time i get a message and because it's i do the instagram every time i get a message that's nice and somebody just reaching out and saying oh i listened and i love it thank you so much um, I literally screenshot it, send it to Mick, and it just makes our day because yeah, it's so nice. Like you didn't have to spend your no. time firstly listening, but let alone reaching out and telling us. But you know, it's so great to hear. Absolutely. So really appreciate all those messages. It's it's lovely. Yeah, thank you, and keep them coming in if you do like it. And you're yeah. a bit worried because of Lucy's brash demeanor, her bubbly, feisty <laughs> demeanor when she bullies me on on the podcast. She's a uh, she's lovely. She's just all for show. It's as soon as the I'm cameras on. I'm not that bad. I've just noticed the mug I'm drinking out of actually. So my mum got me this for Christmas and it was a picture of Grant and I and she had it uh, put on a mug. So yeah. I'm drinking water out of a mug with my own face on it. That's, that's nice, nice, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. That's a, a mum thing to do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you look quite, you look, where are you there? You look very. We're at a wedding. Oh, so I see. We look nice. Grant well. looks like Hagrid in a suit. <laughs> Hagrid after he'd been on the Atkins diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Grant's definitely got Hagrid hair, but um, a sliver Sorry, of Hagrid. Um, all right, shall we, we stop fanning around and get Tanya on? Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. This is episode eight of How Much for a Sleeve with Tanya Buxton. How much for a sleeve? This week we've got Tanya Buxton, uh, which I'm very excited to chat to you. I just said um, before we were recording that I've been following you since I probably first got a tattoo Instagram. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, whereabouts are you based? Because we said like we'll have to meet up and hang out in real life. But where are you? So I'm based in Cheltenham in Gloucestershire. Okay, I'm trying to do, do geography in my head. <laughs> near Wales. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm from like near Nottingham way, so the accent throws off where I actually live. And do, do, <laughs> do you have a shop there? Yeah, so I've got my own little private studio called Paradise, which is within No Regrets Tattoo. Right. Um, so no regrets in Cheltenham's huge um, and I've got a nice space on the ground floor so it's like I've got like a studio within a studio sort of thing oh that's cool so does that take away some of the pressure of having your own shop by just sort of renting a space within a space yeah it's been I mean the owner Ben I've known him oh god donkey's years like as long as I've been tattooing really so I, I, I worked I was a resident to start off with and then obviously as my cosmetic and medical stuff started taking off and things like that I 
I wanted my own space um, and he was just really supportive and offered me a bigger space to do my own thing with as a separate registered business. So I, it's like my own little studio, but right. yeah, I've got the, like the commitment or the worry of like a lease and bills mm. and things. I've just kind of got to pay my rent to him every month, but then obviously lockdown and stuff happened. So it was a godsend really because I've had that flexibility with him so it it's been it's been good yeah it's been really good yeah that is that must have taken a huge worry of like I am definitely thankful that I don't have my own shop but then it's my boyfriend who owns the shop I work in so I can see the stresses they're just not on me (laughs) (laughs) sorry Grant (laughs) yeah it's it's been perfect really like he is really, really supportive and he knows that I want my own proper place eventually and all the big plans I've got. And he kind of wants to help me get there. So he's sort of an ideal boss and friend at the same time, really. I can't fault him. Oh, that's so nice. That is lush. So what, aside from the the medical tattoo and how would you describe your, your normal tattoo and all the tattooing you did? Well, you started as doing... <laughs> Yes, I call it traditional tattooing. I'm I'm trying to find a, I feel like saying normal or like, I don't like the word body art tattooer. Um, (laughs) I just, um, I call it traditional tattooing. Um, I started off doing a little bit of everything in my apprenticeship because you kind of had to back then. You had to tattoo the Jenny Clark flash and (laughs) all the... (laughs) through the door didn't you but I've always been drawn to like you know bold lines and strong colour and all the kind of like traditional neo-traditionally style so it's always been that kind of neo-traditional style I guess and it's just developed over the years with you doesn't it like yeah foundation of strong line work and bold bright colours has always been there for me but I've gone through little phases over the years it tends to be quite bright and tropically and just I don't know I like doing tattoos that you look at and then it makes you smile when you look at them (laughs) oh that's such a nice way to put it like and paradise it definitely reflects in like your work and the whole aesthetic like there was one I was looking at I think it's the one that I posted when we were posting about you was um the one you did of um Bianca from uh Drag Race (laughs) and uh yeah it's lush so many lovely lovely colors Oh, thank you. I'm really looking <laughs> for clients as well. Like, I think, well, you you probably know the same. You get to a certain point in your career where you do want to just do what you like. And yeah. I think I've been lucky that I've been able to do that. Um, obviously, I still do my bread and butter tattoos like we all do. But generally, I'm quite lucky that I get real fun stuff come through now. And, you know, like my client, um, he wanted Bianca. And he was like, I really want like a RuPaul tattoo. I want to get Bianca. And I was like, cool. Can I make a really tropical and 80s looking? And he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose <laughs> that's that, what that, we like. That comes with with doing it well for so long. You get your you get your style that people will look out for, and they go, I want that because you've done it on these other ones. So it's sort of you know, it's not something no one's going to come through and you know, first tattoo. I want. I want a portrait of someone I like. And then you go, yeah, okay, fine. Can I make her look like she's in she's in the jungle? They'll go, nah. <laughs> but because they've seen that evolve over years, that's where it comes from. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, if it's if someone's got an idea that it's kind of 
not not my bag in like a horrible way but if it's something that I don't feel really excited for I kind of feel like it's my responsibility to point them in the direction of an artist who would be excited about it because I think I always do my best whatever with tattoos because I'd, I'd take it seriously in that sense you know we're marking somebody permanently forever mm. so I never do it half assed in a deeper kind of way but I think if you're not really into an idea you probably don't fully throw yourself into it even if you don't mean to so I just think as the years have gone on I just feel it's a better decision for me and the person who's having the tattoo that they go to someone who is really excited about their idea and specializes in that field more rather than me take it on for the sake of the money so I, I still get it now you know people will ask me for things and I just think wow like you've looked at my portfolio <laughs> <laughs> same I get that as well like my entire Instagram is black work there's probably like one or two color tattoos in there and people ask me for like a color portrait and I, I would just always say like look I'd much rather recommend somebody I know will do it really well than just accept it and take your money because I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it I know you'd get a better job somewhere else I would say why the fuck are you asking me to do it have you Mm. seen me do that (laughs) that is that is I think something that I definitely didn't appreciate until we started doing this is that you are within reason you are all mates like you all know that the I assumed that it was all like a like like with anywhere I'll do it I'll do it give me because I want the money (laughs) but you know someone but you know you're going to get that back from them if someone yeah. comes in and says oh, I you want this so. quite quite feminine flower and they're like you know I'm, I'm I usually do you know this this sort of tattoo so why don't you go and see Lucy because she'll do a, that's, that's her back I think that's amazing I think it's something that I didn't appreciate I think all of you all tattooers should be applauded for and should carry on doing because it makes I mean, all it's... makes it all a little bit less intimidating for noobs like me who come into the shop that they know they're going to get an honest <laughs> answer it's cool it's definitely not all tattooists. I know there are, I mean, there are obviously a lot of people out there who would just take the money. And um, I guess you just have to trust in your artist and do your research yeah. so that you know you're going to the right answers for that piece in the first place. And that's the best advice for anyone looking for a tattoo is just do your research. Yeah. Because, yeah, not everyone will recommend, but I feel better doing it. And um, I like to think somebody would recommend me. And But, yeah, everyone's different, aren't they? good karma isn't it like the artists that do support each other and like promote people who are better at one thing and or like you say like don't just take the money like I think we've all got a level of integrity and it's like this unspoken rule within tattooing and I I think it's really nice and I just find when you put that out there yourself if you like I've had it before, you know, I've not even met, met a tattooer and then they've emailed me and been like, oh, thank you for sending me this client. And it's like, I just think if you put that out there and mm. that vibe out there, then get it back as well. And yeah, you know what point I'm trying to make. Yeah, what yeah. <laughs> that's but, it. And it's with me, it's mostly people ask me for cover ups as well. And I just say like the stuff I do, I could do it, but the stuff I do, it's just not suited to it. And there are people who do do it a lot more. So on my it's on my conscience as well. And yeah, it is good karma, isn't it? Just be tr- treat people as you'd want to be treated and and all that. And I think since I branched into the cosmetic side of tattooing, obviously that's a bit more under the beauty umbrella. 
and they're just some of them are just cutthroat and they really <laughs> don't want to help a girlfriend out and I just think it's no way to be and I think that's what I love about the tattooing industry is that we are like generally we are all really supportive of each other and we do help each other out and because we all want to benefit the industry sort of thing so I'm, I'm proud to be a part of that kind of community as well and I suppose with tattooing, like you get into tattooing, most people get into tattoo because they are artists or they just love the art and they love tattoos. Whereas I suppose any anybody who is in the beauty industry would could look at cosmetic tattooing and think, well, I could do that. So it's just a different kind of art, isn't it? But they might not get into it for the same reasons as somebody would want to actually do like tattooing as an art. <laughs> If that makes sense. <laughs> Cosmetic tattoo inside of things, it's been, it is getting a lot better, but I think for years and years and years, they were missold the fact that they were tattooing. They called it like micropigmentation. I think they still, they call it that now as well. And, you know, <laughs> semi-permanent and all this. And it's like, it's not fucking semi-permanent. You've tattooed somebody's face, like... <laughs> somebody that idea you could call it microblading micropigmentation semi-permanent makeup call it what the fuck you want you are still tattooing someone like you are putting ink in somebody's skin and I think the beauty side of it they're taking that technical bit for, not for granted but I don't think they appreciate what's involved in mastering that side of it and it's it's something I feel really really strongly about but it is, it is slowly changing, which is good. But uh, yeah, I think that's where the tattoo inside of it is different is that we appreciate what goes on and what goes on the years of learning, like yeah. the <laughs> beauty industry of kind of thought, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I could do eyebrows. And it's like, no, you're still tattooing. There's still quite a lot <laughs> in the background that you need to understand. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that that's one something I was going to say to you, like because I noticed on your so you've got a secondary page, Tanya Buxton underscore PMU, and so many people have SPMU, and I wondered, obviously, like the S is for semi semi permanent, but is that you taking it and saying that it is permanent, or is there an actual difference? I kind of feel that you can't call something semi permanent because you can't guarantee that it is semi-permanent. So the inks in cosmetic tattooing are different. Um, they call them pigments, but like it's still an ink. Um, but they are, <laughs> so the chemistry of them is slightly different, although they are very similar to tattoo inks. Um, but there are differences at the same time. And those inks are basically designed to break down gradually over time and sort of fade in, in the skin but you're still implanting pigment into those skin layers that don't shed away. Like you're implanting pigment into the, the dermis layers. So, and those let those cells are stable. That's why our tattoo stays where it is. So I just think as much as it might fade, and that's why we have our top-ups every now and then to keep it looking fresher. Um, you can't say to somebody, yeah, it's semi-permanent, that'll fade away to nothing because I just, you can't guarantee that the skin is unpredictable. Um, and there's not this like magic layer in the skin where it will stay there for a couple of years and then fade away. So I just feel personally, you can't call it semi-permanent. You've kind of got to call it 
permanent makeup. I prefer cosmetic tattooing because I think it gives you that wiggle room and you're you're still educating people on the word tattoo as well. I think a lot of women that have their eyebrows done or have, you know, like with the microblading, I think it was sort of sold to people as, oh, it's not a tattoo, it's microblading. Because if you not if you don't like tattoos or you don't have tattoos or you're not into tattoos, if someone says, oh, I'm going to tattoo your eyebrows on, it's a scare, it might, it scares a lot of people and it can put a lot of stigma. Yeah. So I think that's where it all come from. This micro pigmentation, semi-permanent thing. It was to kind of soften the blow that you are having (laughs) sort of thing and make it more marketable, which is like, it's totally fine. But I just feel for for me personally, I I can't say to somebody, yeah, your eyebrows are going to be semi-permanent because in reality, they're probably not. And as much as they'll fade, there, there will probably always be traces of pigment in your skin kind of thing. So that, that's yeah. why I call it that, yeah. So how long had you been tattooing before you decided to get into cosmetic tattooing? Well, I started tattooing. I started my apprenticeship about 2008-2009. Went off to a bit of a wobbly start, so I don't have a dead, <laughs> don't have a dead start. Same. <laughs> And it was something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to do the cosmetic side because um, I love makeup. I wanted to be a special effects makeup artist when I was at school. So it was something I always wanted to do, but I knew like tattooing was number one. And once you start tattooing, you realise how fucking hard it is. As well. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to branch myself off too soon. Like I knew I needed to learn and, and master what I was and be confident in tattooing kind of thing so I think it was about 2015 I did the cosmetic tattooing course um which was a shambles um <laughs> why it was kind of there was a lot of things I didn't know so there was a lot of beauty I call it the beauty side of things there was a lot about skin a lot about skin color theory um you know like mapping eyebrows all that side of it like there was there was a lot of that side of it that I didn't know but the general fundamentals of getting the ink into that skin like I already knew it um and I told my the woman who trained me I she was showing me these really fancy machines that were thousands of pounds and were basically (laughs) shitty cheap rotary pen that they'd packaged all nice and sparkly and I was like no I'm going to use my tattoo machine when I get back and she was sort of like, <gasps> like and, <laughs> you're using the tattoo machine, like this is the same thing. And like the needles they were using, they were using cartridge needles. And this still goes on in some brands. And they're like, they're 10 pound per needle. What? <laughs> like, how, much, how much would a normal needle be? A box of cartridges, you can get like about 20 cartridges from anywhere between 25 and 35, 40 quid. So, so fundamentally, the, the, the equipment you need is the same. Absolutely. The inks are different. Yeah. Like you absolutely cannot use tattoo ink on cosmetic tattooing. Um, so the reason for it, because I questioned it in my training, because I was a bit like, well, why can't I just use tattoo ink? This is ridiculous. Um but like your skin changes over time like our skin ages um like the tone of our skin changes as we get older women in particular we use all sorts of lotions and potions to stop us from looking old which can you know it all interferes with the 
skin you know the face is exposed to the elements a lot more um so the the face on your skin in particular changes a lot and like trends come and go as well so the reason they you use the ink that does fade down and break down gradually over time is to just give you that wiggle room basically to make adjustments over the years so like the eyebrows i've got tattooed on now like i'm probably not going to want those same eyebrows when i'm 80 um, <laughs> see what you, you mean know, the color will need to be different and everything so that's why you need to use the cosmetic ink um for the cosmetic tattooing um God, if I'd have had the eyebrows that I used to draw on in 2001 tattooed in a permanent way, God, that'd be the end. I'd never leave. I just pretty much shape. I don't think I went to the extreme of shaving them, but I was like full goth in early 2000s. So I would pluck them to within an inch of their life and it would be like 1920s style eyeliner lines. And, and then I'd, um adorn that with a, a little cross in the middle of my eyebrows as well <laughs> upside down cross yeah <laughs> but god if i if i had that tattooed in black as well lord <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had a few girls that have um had like had permanent tattoo ink brows and it doesn't age a nice color even though they're not very old so i've kind of seen it firsthand as to why you can't do it um, so yeah, the, the cosmetic side of it, the ink side of it is important, but the rest of the fundamentals is really, really similar to tattooing. Um, there are like, there are a few bits that you need to do a little bit differently, but like, yeah, ink is going into the skin. <laughs> and these, these <laughs> machines that they're, that you're sort of being sold or being told you need, they are just being, are they just overpriced because of what they're doing and rather than them being any better or different? I feel the cosmetic tattooing has got a higher price tag because there's more at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's on the face. Um, and like eyeliner in particular, like tattooing eyeliner, obviously I've been doing it the years I've been doing it. I still shit my pants. Yeah, I mean, like... even you just saying that <laughs> made, made my genitals rescind into my abdomen. Just the thought of being that close to an eye. That's not fun. Is it? Um, you know, there, there is, there's a lot at stake, and like, it is it is more difficult um, in a lot of ways. And also, if you get it wrong, if something goes wrong mm-hmm. and on your face, you are less understanding than in like a body tattoo. You know, like we've all done it. Like you're like, oh shit, that that colour didn't look as good as what I thought. It was. What are you Either- talking about? Uh- <laughs> Well done it, have we? Um, yeah. <laughs> what different, what cosmetic tattooing services do you do? Uh, so I do all sorts. Um, I do eyebrows, obviously. So there's a few different styles of eyebrows you can do. Um, the powder brows are probably my most popular, um, like the powdery ombre style eyebrows. Um, just kind of mimics makeup, really. But you can do kind of fancy hair strokes and things like that to make things look more realistic, which is nice for you know anyone who maybe doesn't have any eyebrow hair or very little or someone with alopecia um who wants something more natural looking or like older ladies that want something softer um all sorts of different eyeliners um i do lips as well a few different styles of lips and um, freckles they can be a little bit controversial um 
but they do if they're done properly they look super cute um so i i do freckles um i also do scalp pigmentation as well which is where <laughs> for anyone that's not seen mick he's he's definitely fully bald um because i've seen uh, there's, a, there's a couple of footballers that have had it where they're before they've gone and had the big um, expensive weaves or whatever they're called with the plugs, those things, not weaves. Um, they've been bald with a little bit of fluff because they're 25 and they're trying to keep hold of it. And then the next season they come back with a shaved head, but it's, they've got a, they've got a hairline back with proper cut lines in it. And it looks pretty, it does look, it does look pretty smart. It is. It's, it is really clever. And I think it's so like hair transplants, aren't, they're not guaranteed that they'll even take. Mm. And then obviously you're usually left with scars as well, aren't you, Ralph? I think it's like, like yes, they take. I think not that I've researched any of it, but they take it out of the back. <laughs> they take the hair out the back of your head to make it so it's thinner there, and then put that in the top. And then I think uh, after a certain number of months, you go back and have the same thing done again to to make the the bit on the front fuller. But you basically you can't do a full head of hair again ever. Yeah, you, you have to have a certain point so you do still look like you're receding but it looks like you're so receding it, not bald would it look like you're receding from the back if they're taking the hair from the back no i think you've got like plugs because, at the at the top because and then the receding goes past those plugs yeah, well but it's for my, my, my hairline recedes all the way down to my ass so <laughs> all the way all the way down to your ankles <laughs> yeah but i think it's because the hair on the back of your head points down it covers up the ones they've taken from underneath i think uh. So there is there is some science behind it, but I don't really know. Yeah, with the scalp tattooing, that's um, obviously if the hair transplant didn't take or it wasn't as kind of dense as you wanted it. Yeah. Um, you can bring the tattooing in alongside it, and it obviously covers up any transplant scars on top of it. Um, but it's also it's good for females as well, just like adding density to the hair. Um, yeah. Just can't you creating that illusion of hair follicles? sort of thing so it, it is clever um I do enjoy doing it um I didn't know you could have it as a well I hadn't even thought really that you could have it if you had longer hair like my hair is really long because I've not really done much for the last year it's grown so much that I can tuck it into my pants but it is so thin and fine and because it's black and then well my roots aren't <laughs> they're like pretty grey now but um I'm always really conscious that my scalp is glowing through my hair so that's really interesting actually I'm sure lots of people lots of people feel the same and also like I'm sure we're going to come on to this but people who have had hair loss through chemotherapy and when it's grown back it's not as dense yeah definitely um, and alopecia as well um so it is amazing and I think that's branching into the cosmetic and medical tattooing has made me realize like just I can't even put it into words I just find it so awesome like just us and our little tattoo machines like what we can do for people just just even like normal tattoo normal tattoos um you know, I don't know. I'm sure you've had it as well. Like I get a few clients where they're like, oh, me and my boyfriend are broken up. Like I just want to get a new tattoo. Um, yeah. Just to like tattoo themselves up or, you know, if they've had a really bad time and they've been looking forward to having their tattoo for ages or, you know, they've got some cellulite that they hated. So they've had a tattoo over it. Like I think the the levels that tattooing can, that like the different things people, oh, I can't get my words out. Just what tattooing for people on so many levels it's kind of blown my mind 
from day one so like as soon as I started tattooing I was kind of thrown in the deep end in my second apprenticeship which was good um so I've dealt with scar tissue from really early on in my career um and just seeing that you know covering up scar tissue um scar tissue whether it's self-harm scars surgical scars um or you know just like acne scars just like anything really like any kind of body hang up it's it's amazing putting a tattoo on someone like what that can do for them but then yeah. the cosmetic medical just took it to a whole new level for me um and it just it it blows my mind and I just feel so passionate about it I, I want to tell everyone about it because <laughs> all do it because it's just so amazing like and just the look on a person's face and you think fuck I've done that for somebody like it's just so rewarding like I, yeah. I just love it really yeah and there's really. those those little things that you said there that it's not just the the big things that everyone knows about for those those cosmetic procedures but you know like you said there someone might have cellulite and then you cover it with a tattoo that means that they're not thinking about that every time they go out that it's not constantly in the back of their mind making them bring them down from where they should be or where they could be I haven't thought of that that's really that's a really nice way of putting it yeah and they have something that they're really proud of yeah. at the top and want to show off show it often yeah exactly especially for you Tanya the stuff you do is just completely life-changing some of the the procedures and things that you offer is so just to know that you have changed someone's life like that's incredible it is it is crazy like and I love it like I I love it so so much like the medical tattooing is like the best thing I've ever done my whole life ever um I I absolutely love it and I but I think to a degree I have to kind of not let myself think about it too much because when when I really sit and think about what I've just done for somebody it feel it really overwhelms me and makes it it does make me feel upset I usually cry with my client um <laughs> I think if I let myself think about it too much I think I'd probably then get too scared to do the tattoo because then I realize how like fuck this is a massive thing that I'm doing for somebody so it's not that I kind of bumble along tattooing nipples I'm not giving a shit but I think if I really let myself think and absorb what I was doing I, I, I think I'd probably like get in my head a little bit too much and I think I don't know oh it's I just... feel like that with normal tattooing though people say like how do you deal with the pressure and I just say like I'm obviously aware that it's permanent, but I just try not to think about it because then you do get in your head and then you'd worry. So how did you take your, what was the transition from doing like the makeup to then into medical tattooing doing areolas? So I've done a few breast cancer tattoos over the years. I think it's always been a thing within the industry, hasn't it? Like sort of having like a traditional tattoo like mastectomy tattoo like to cover up the scars and make it look pretty and things like that so I've kind of, I was very aware it was a thing um and I've, I've dealt with a few ladies for that reason over the years um but I had a bit of a scare myself to be honest um years ago now I found a lump in my left breast um and I didn't really think anything of it at first it had like been a little bit tender for a couple of days and then I, I didn't even know how to check my boobs, to be honest, because you don't get taught it in school or anything, do you? No. Um, I really knew what I was looking for. I've had the odd squeeze over the years, but I didn't really know what I was looking for. Um, and, yeah, it's, 
felt a little bit weird for a couple of days so I did just kind of check myself out and uh, and I immediately was like oh no you're not part of my boob um and I remember going I went I was at my mum's at the time uh, no bra on whilst into the living room we're very close um (laughs) (laughs) so she had a little feel and she was like oh yeah it does a little bit and you could tell I could see it in her eyes that she was worried but that she was trying to stay calm for me and I just started crying straight away she was like it's all right we haven't even been to the doctor yet like we'll ring tomorrow and I the first thing that came into my head was oh my god I'm gonna lose my boobs it was the first thing and horrible isn't it and I always knew how horrible it was for breast cancer survivors but I think having having that fear and that was just from finding a like a lump that turned out it was I had a biopsy and everything everything was fine it was some like fiber fiber not fiber optic it's not fucking broadband (laughs) (laughs) it was some kind of fiber it's a normal lump anyway I was told it was fine so that that was great but it what before I even went to the doctor that that was the my the first thing that came into my head was oh oh my god and then I, I don't know I think it just kind of dawned on me like how important they are for women like and I think we take our nipples for granted don't we a little bit you just sort of don't they're just there yeah. aren't the thought of them not being there um yeah. when I went to the doctor and she was like oh I think I'm, I'm you know more sure it's nothing but let's just have you checked out when I need to refer you to the the, the breast cancer clinic it again I was like holy fucking shit and it was yeah. it was and I just I, I kind of knew the areola tattooing was a thing and it's obviously a little bit more of a thing within the cosmetic industry I think it, it does seem to fall into this beauty category again more than it does with traditional tattooers um and I think I think that was it was just a bit of a turning point like I was already through the cosmetic tattooing I was already helping a lot of women who were either about to go through chemo or had been through it and wanted like their eyebrows and things doing and stuff so I was already aware that I could be helping through tattooing and what it was doing for people um but yeah that that sort of that was a bit of a turning point really um and I went I went to a training again it was through a bit of a beauty company um it wasn't that great um which is but it it was all right um (laughs) That spurred me on to write my own training, which is what I'm doing at the minute. Um, because I think, or I think, I think tattoo artists need to be doing it. Um, yeah. I'm kind of writing a course at the minute on everything I've learned, and just kind of want to tell you all what I know, really, and and help everyone be able to do the same sorts of tattoos as me. Because within like the NHS and uh, the beauty industry and things like that, they they use semi permanent ink like what we were talking about for eyebrows and stuff they use it on the areolas um so it fades within like six months to a year which is like it's devastating for the women like you know it's want a to- short-term solution ridiculous like and like all all my ladies they don't want to come back no. they're like you know i like you tanya i want this tattoo to be done and i don't want to do <laughs> It's, it's it's the end of their journey do you know what I mean in it yeah. and it might for them as well and I think having to go back year after year 
usually to the same clinic you got diagnosed at the same hospital you had treatment it triggers everything again it brings it all back up it's like you've never fully moved on and you never like fully embracing your body again because you'll have this new nipple and it's all great and then you know a few months later oh, it's already started fading so then you start hating your body again but putting all that aside it's really bad for your skin to tattoo you know an area that's had radiation and surgery mm. and, and scar tissues present to go and tattoo it year after year um you know by someone who's probably not that great at tattooing anyway because it's not what they do properly as a job um like this particular course i went on there were there were two nurses in my class they've never tattooed a day in their life let alone any kind of drawing and art theory and all that kind of thing and color theory and then three days later, they they were qualified to tattoo wow. subscribers. It was just ridiculous. And you know, it's not their fault, and it's not the NHS's fault because I don't think they're educated enough on what the tattooing industry is capable of. Um, so I think there's a bit. There can still be a bit of a stigma around tattooing, can't there? Like like what we said earlier. If you're not into tattoos, you probably think everyone's drunk or a prisoner and we're all <laughs> sailor yeah like I, I think there's probably still that air of like caution isn't there and being a bit scared of walking into a tattoo shop and um and I think maybe the medical field is probably got a little bit of that stigma about tattooing as well so it's, it's a massive thing for me to educate them on what we can do like tattooing has come on so much hasn't it like even in the time I've been tattooing you probably feel the same Lucy how it's how it's evolved is incredible and like what we what we all can do is amazing you know the equipment the the inks are totally different now how we apply stuff is changed like the whole game has changed and I want everybody to know that (laughs) I had um, a scare as well and you do just you within two minutes 30 seconds you've rewritten your whole future and straight away you feel a lump and you're you've written your own death sentence and that whole even though with me it was a cyst and they said actually you've just got lumpy boobs but you've got to wait in between you have to wait before your doctor's appointment you have to wait for your referral you have to wait in the waiting room and you have your scan and or that you have your biopsy and it's so traumatic whether you are fine or whether it's not fine the thought of then having to go back into that situation to have that closure it does it's just adding to the trauma isn't it so for somebody to be able to come to a lovely environment have a lovely chat with another girl somebody who's going to make such a difference like yeah what a great way to to come full circle and not even just having like um like a nipple tattoo some of the artwork that I've seen for mastectomy over mastectomy scars is just incredible and I I have a couple of friends who are going through it at the moment and they've already spoken about what they what they want to have and making plans for that and just yeah to know that you've got that option must just be such a light at the end of the tunnel for people yeah and I think again that's what tattooers have to offer like it's not just the the nipple tattooing there's more options with us 
like not everyone wants to have the nipple tattooed or you know some people really don't want to look at their scars after and like you say like the the beautiful stuff that can be done now with tattooing and the art and like and everything it's I think it's nice that with tattoo artists that not only have we got that knowledge of skin of tattooing you know nine times out of ten we're all very familiar with scarring Uh, like we've we've got that fundamental knowledge there but you've also got options with us as well like it was another reason so I also learned how to do microneedling um which is uh like a needling technique to help kind of relax scar tissue um so it can kind of help basically whenever you needle the skin um your body sees it as a trauma so it will send collagen and elastin and all your healing agents like to that area to fix it. It does on a tattoo. That's what the like clear plasmary stuff is. It's all like our white blood cells and healing agents, isn't it? We're trying to fix that area because your body thinks it's an injury. So with microneedling, what you do is you kind of needle the skin, you break the skin just enough to trigger that like healing response from your body to bring that rush of collagen and elastin to that area but you haven't gone in deep enough into the skin layers to actually cause any further damage. Um, So it's ever so ever so shallow um, and there's kind of different serums and stuff you can help to like encourage it a little bit more and bring the skin on a little bit more. So when you do it over scar tissue, that kind of rush of uh, an extra boost of collagen and elastin, it helps break all the, the scar tissue collagen down a little bit more. So if you've got a scar that's a little bit thick or you know a little bit tight or if it's slightly raised or um sunken in it just kind of helps even out and relax all of that with scarring um which was why I, I wanted to learn that as well so especially with dealing you know with mastectomy clients and bringing the medical in in general it brings a, a lot it brought me a whole different world of people that I didn't realize could be helped through tattooing um so that's what I think is really nice so not only can you offer you know the therapy on the scar tissue to kind of help uh, relax those scars and improve the appearance of them purely just to improve the appearance if you want to but also prep the skin for the tattoo so because like well you know like scarring can be difficult to tattoo over so if you have got scar tissue from surgery or from whatever um by needling it that way beforehand and letting it settle and heal itself again if you like you're preparing the skin for the tattoo so you're going to get a better tattoo out of it so that's what I think is quite nice with me or other artists that do the same thing is that you've got this array of options basically you can help with your scar tissue we can do a realistic nipple tattoo for you or we can do a really fucking awesome mastectomy tattoo over you as well like it's just nice being able to give people these options and that's what I want to do for the tattooing industry. Like, I, I want to show the world, like, what we all can do. We're I am, awesome. I'm learning so much from you. This is so, so oh. interesting. Oh, <laughs> Say somebody has uh, self-harm scars, um, for example, and you do microneedling over the top, how long, so how long um, should a scar be healed before you can do the microneedling? And then after you've done that, how long before they could have a, a tattoo design over the top? So any kind of scarring, if you're going to tattoo it initially, it needs, it, the scarring needs to be matured. 
So that can differ from person to person, skin type to skin type, age to age, and also the circumstances that the person had the scar in. So like, you know, deep surgical scars, for example, those that scar tissue is going to take longer to fully settle and mature than say, if you fell over and took a few skin layers off when you were pissed one night. Um, <laughs> so it's being able to recognize when a scar is fully matured as well. It's usually when um, it's not as pigmented anymore. So it, it could be either a little bit darker or a bit redder, depending on your skin tone. Um, it could still feel a bit tender, a bit itchy. Um, it's the scarring's not ready then. So I and like surgical scars and things, I say about a year before you can tattoo over them. Self-harming scars, again, it's it depends the degree of the scar. Um, but if you want to microneedle them, it does again depend on the types of scars. But I would say anywhere from kind of nine months on. Um, if it's a little bit more of a shallower scar, you could maybe say three to six months, you could then microneedle a scar. But you need to make sure it's fully settled um, because if it's still quite red and angry and it's not finished healing properly, um, you don't want to kind of re-damage it, if you like. But with just the mic- Open it back up. Yeah, yeah, you just, you're just kind of making it angry again, aren't you? Um, but with the microneedling, because you're not going in as kind of like aggressively and as deep, if you like, as what you are with a tattoo, you can go in a little bit earlier. But the thing with microneedling is that you have to leave it plenty of time to settle because we're not physically doing something to that scar. We've basically triggered your body into healing its the scar tissue again, if you like. So it's a response from you. It's not a response from the needle. Um, so I always say at least kind of eight to 10 weeks, I'll check in with someone and have a look at them. But it's usually, I'd say like, the three month mark so kind of like 10 to 12 weeks you could do another microneedling session if it needs it um or you could then go with your tattoo but it needs to you need to have let it sort of fully healed and fully settled again um yeah that's that's so interesting because like i i think we all do tattoo a lot of self-harm scars and various scars and i just go by how it looks really um, and yeah, like common sense, isn't it? Sometimes if you look at something and or they've had it for two months and you just know. But yeah, I had never even thought about suggesting microneedling to clients as an option. I just it's not on my radar. I didn't really know anything about it. So I'm sure that you've enlightened so many other people as well. So interesting, the microneedling. So the reason I, one of the big reasons I started doing it was because I started having microneedling facials. Um, one of my friend's mum is a nurse. She did some microneedling facials on me. And, oh my God, they're the most amazing things ever. Um, I okay, just writing this down. When is the, when are you taking bookings? <laughs> Come to paradise. We'll give you some scalp hair, some new eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I quite want my lips done to be as well to be honest a bit of blush a, we'll make it we'll make a week of it <laughs> and both, um, both come in and get the full set yeah and you yeah don't forget Mick get some blush on those lips an ombre I'm up for it <laughs> let's go and um, when you started doing so that um this is quite big all over what I see all over Instagram at the moment when you started 
posting your areola tattoos, nipple tattoos, your censorship issues, was that something that happened straight away? Or is that just, has that become more of an issue as time's gone on? Yeah, it, it happened immediately. The very first one I posted. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got a question about that. Is it is it an algorithm? Do, do you know from Instagram that that, that d- detects what might be a something naughty and then takes it down, or is it someone, a human doing it? I think it's a com- because sorry, a, a human doing it because someone's complained. Reporting it, yeah. I think it can be a combination of both. I think nine right. times out of ten, algorithm. Um, because Facebook have apologised to me a couple of times. So as much as they have took them down. There have been a couple of times where I've contested it and then they've gone, oh, sorry, we've got it wrong. And they've put it back on. So I do think it is the algorithm um, a lot of the time. But Facebook are really hard to get hold of. So nine times out of ten, if they take it down, they either don't review it or they just say, oh, no, decision made. Like, And you can't speak to anybody at Facebook. Like, It's like this, this magic realm, isn't it, that you can't... <laughs> yeah anybody um is there anything think, that you can do as a uh, to, to 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 put to overlay over the image that that will run through them and say this is a medical image please review it before taking it down well i've tried all sorts so on on the actual photo i always make sure there's text on the photo that says what it is so i always put right. ario breast cancer survivor post mastectomy so mm-hmm. the the text is actually on the image and then obviously it's in the caption, everything's hashtagged, like it's very, it's very clear it's a tattoo. Um, but yeah, I do think it is the algorithm half the time. And then I, I just don't think they really give a shit enough to go looking through and reinstating everybody's pictures. But it um, it happened, yeah, it, so it happened immediately, The very, like the, one of the very first ones that I put up. Um, and then they went into, because they took one down, they then went into my business page on Facebook and took because I'd put some drawings and stuff like that on and there were some that were um in red pencil so they like yeah the shading might look realistic but they didn't look like nipples because it was in a red pencil and even ones that I'd done on a practice mat on practice skin they went and took it all down um in one fell swoop um, and I was fuming so that was when the campaign started basically was from the very beginning because pissed me off uh, what's the campaign called <laughs> celebrated not censored so it start it started off for the areola images for for all the breast cancer survivors and that is still the main focal point um but it was it was in the summer so my friend carissa uh, you know rizaboo on instagram yeah. yeah so we did a little live chat over the summer about it all and uh, she was really interested in the areola tattooing and the campaign and everything like that. And she put a picture up of herself um, to talk about the fact that me and her were going to do a live and what we were talking about. So it was just like a torso picture of her, no face. She was sort of holding, holding everything. So nothing was, nothing was showing and it wasn't provocative in any kind of way. Um, and it got took down and the same day there was a picture um, of another some kind of tattooed model or somebody in like a really similar pose um, that didn't get taken down and I think it kind of highlighted the fact that there's other forms of censorship going on on social media um, yeah it's so kind of for that as well it just it, it, it I think it opened I knew, obviously knew it was happening but I think it just 
brought it to my attention more, like just how much like women's bodies are like are ridiculed so much. And you know what? Men as well, actually, now I think social media has done it for guys as well. Um, yeah. It's like there's this ideal box of what we should all look like. And I think the minute you don't look like that, you either get absolutely ripped to shreds online or they kind of take it down and, and say, oh, no, that's not appropriate. Or, But, you know, if there's some skinny, beautiful-looking model in scantily-clad clothing with her arse hanging out, that's fine. But if a plus-size model, you know, with all her cellulite and all her glory is doing it, oh, no, that's not appropriate for the internet. And I just think it's absolute fucking bullshit. Um, and I've had enough of it. <laughs> It is incredibly frustrating. Like I've had it where things will go. I'll have like reports come through of just side boobs, somebody holding, covering themselves up and I'm zoomed in just on like a rib tattoo or there's been where I've done like a sternum and someone's covered up completely, but there's just a slight curve of a breast and they'll pop up from like 2015. I think, how is it? What is this? Is it a well, I didn't even realise that it was a bore. I think, is somebody going through my page and like, report, report, report? Because it would all sort of happen at once and there'd be no catalyst for it. I just think, what the fuck? Is you somebody think, really think that offended? Weird, a, a loser just going through and who's... Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> somebody I've pissed off, like... But you're saying it, it could, be, it could yeah. also be, a, it could also be a, a bot going through and deciding without knowing any context or anything, just deciding, right, that is either too sexy or it's grotesque or it's whatever and it's off and then it goes back and takes them all off retrospectively as well that's yeah. it i think it's incredibly I unfair sometimes, it is and i will like always i will always disagree with their decision or press the button like do you think we've made a mistake and i'll say yes and sometimes they'll go oh sorry um and put it back and sometimes they won't and there's literally two identical mm. images what what if how have they decided that that one's okay and that one's not it's all nuts I find when they because the nipple ones are the triggers on mine but I find once they go through little phases like with mine what I haven't had any taken down for a little while touch wood um (laughs) but I do find when they do that's when all of a sudden loads of them get flagged up so it make me think is it something to do with like the algorithm and like once you're kind of on their radar do they then look through everything else you're doing um but I, I just think it's really unfair like I know there's a few of my friends have said the same about sternum tattoos and stuff but then you see some tattooers that are posting like back pieces on these like beautiful models and they're laid there with like no clothes on and then they're they're left on yeah. and I, I can't help but feel like is it when something isn't like aesthetically pleasing that that's so that that's not okay so when you're like oh well that's not that's not the kind of body we want to be looking at that's when it's inappropriate but then i just think well who's decided that who's decided what and and what's not and i just think it's you get it's very dangerous territory when you get in there where it's some someone or some group something a group of people are deciding what what's fine and what isn't that's when you get in tricky areas isn't it but as women, I, I mean, I can't talk from a bloke's point of view, but I'm sure you all get it as well. But like as women, it is literally 
rammed down our throats from the minute we exit the womb. Like, <laughs> like what looking like? It really is, yeah. though, isn't it? You know, I I love having a bath and reading Heat magazine. I'm I'm not ashamed of it. It's my guilty pleasure. I love Heat magazine. <laughs> but it's like you know, one page. It'll be like, oh, love yourself, self care. Page. It's like drop a dress size in 24 hours, or yeah. Oh, she's put some weight on and it's like we're, we're literally like brainwashed into hating ourselves as women yeah. i think from, from a bloke it is it is there and it's got significantly worse in the last 10 years i think yeah. but i it's i haven't even scratched the surface of what what women are expected to um to look like or to to behave like which is another thing that men don't really get that you know there's all these words that only apply to women like um labia no <laughs> i meant personality but yes that is true <laughs> i mean things like um ballsy you know she's she or she's wacky because like stand up stand up comedian they're never just this is a funny person it's all you know she's got she's got she's she's got buckets of personality no she's just normal and she's funny <laughs> you don't need you know there's there's words that I, that I can't think of that that, that only yeah. ever get just women like mental is one of them oh, she, she's mental no she's not she's just annoyed because her husband's been at the pub for five nights in a row doesn't make her mental <laughs> yeah you never say that do you about a man like no. oh yeah he's mental but it does yeah. yeah or bunny boiler yeah exactly or... yeah exactly it's all that it was, it's, then that's ev- everywhere there's always men have it but to a way 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 lesser degree than than women do i think my favorite one is uh, emotional what do you say emotional are you on your period exactly exactly so and it's all that never get it and it's always like the 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 bar for behavior for men is always set way lower Uh, we may have spoken (laughs) about it before but i've been to a barbecue and there's a bloke bouncing a kid on his his child on his knee with a beer watching the cricket and everyone all, all the grandmothers have begun oh any good any a good dad it's like he's literally doing fuck all he's watching the cricket and holding his son whereas um a mum goes to drop the kids off doesn't do her makeup one morning and everyone's like oh she's struggling and she's not she stop her makeup on that morning but do you know what i mean i feel like that's what it, it you know it's nothing compared to what you're talking about but there is similarities with you look in a magazine and it's all of those adverts you know you might see the one for blokes will be gym equipment or some novelty beard trimming device because everyone's <laughs> got beards now. But with women, it's it's everything. It's even the breakfast cereal advert, and there'll be someone in there who's tiny, and you think, oh, well, I'm not going to eat that. There's 250 calories, and that's why I can't eat that because I won't look like her if I eat that. And it's just this mindfuck for everything. I wonder if we've done a podcast yet where you've not mentioned cricket. I don't think. I'll try to get it. In. I'll get, get it another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry we've already answered the uh instagram question so yeah. um have you got what? any other questions yeah so your campaign what are you doing like what yeah what elements are there to your campaign is that i saw a petition yeah yeah so i've done a petition uh, on change.org i'm just trying to get as many signatures as possible really and i just think the more of us that talk about it and the more of us that are shouting about it but eventually Facebook are going to have to listen. So yeah. that, that was my main aim, really. I, I don't expect Facebook to go changing their rules. I'm fully aware of how big a corporate they are. It would be amazing if they did. I just want to bring 
it to the like to raise the awareness I want people to be more aware of what's going on and that it's out of order um, and then hopefully, you know, with enough of us being outraged and talking about it and shouting about it, that things will get changed um, and we we can all start embracing each other and just stop this bullshit. <laughs> and where can we find um, a link to the petition? Uh, there's a link in my Instagram. So just uh, at Tanya Buxton on Instagram in my bio, there's my link tree. So there's the, the petition link. Um, or like my blogs, uh, links to the medical tattooing. I've also done a little free ebook on medical tattooing, which goes into a bit more detail about the areola process, like the areola tattooing process, and also the microneedling as well. So if anybody is looking for a bit more information on that, there's a there's a link in my Instagram, and you can get a little free downloadable booklet with it all in as well. And did you say you're going to be offering your own training as well? I am. I'm working very hard on it at the minute. I'm hoping it's going to, well, it will be coming out later this year um, as part of some big plans I've got that I know Lucy um, We'll have to have you back on and uh, so you can do a big reveal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if there's any other tattooers, you know, that want to learn the areola tattooing or, you know, more about dealing with scar tissue or anything like that, then I am sort of taking a register of people interested in the training so I can get everybody up and running as soon as it's ready um but also you know if you want any if you want to chat about scar tissue or any little bits that I might be able to help you with I'm, I'm always happy to to chat with people as well about stuff well I have definitely learned so much that I thought I was quite competent when it came to tattooing scars but actually I'm, I'm I wasn't <laughs> so I will definitely be signing up for anything that can help me to improve and just be able to help other people more so I'm sure that lots of people feel the same and just thank you so much for sharing all of that with us it's um yeah just so valuable to hear oh no thank you for having me on I've loved it hey. yeah thanks because it, it, it's it is such a an interesting topic and so like you've said before at the start where you get you can get quite emotional with we're talking about it so we really appreciate you coming on that was really really interesting thanks oh thank you yeah i've loved it oh good, good. thank you so much thank you so much and hopefully we'll we'll well, i say hopefully we definitely will. we'll see you soon yeah definitely cocktails after june Woo.